I said I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth while in the presence of the wicked. So I remained utterly silent, not even saying anything good, but my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me while I meditated The fire burned, then I spoke with my tongue. That's the first three verses of Psalm 39. And I'm pretty confident that all of us in this room have had moments, consciously or unconsciously, where the consequences of what we've said have left huge regret. Situations where we've failed to guard um, what's been stirred up in our minds and our hearts, And then out comes thoughtless words, uh, weird words, uh, stupid words. And the book of James in the New Testament has a chapter which goes alongside nicely what Proverbs has to say about the words we use. Chapter 3 verse 6 says that the tongue corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. So... Words have the power to direct our entire life onto a road that leads to destruction. What we say, how we speak to each other, matter. And just to say that the structure I'm going to use for this talk is partly inspired uh, by the work Tim Keller, a pastor in New York City, has done on the theme of words from Proverbs, which has been a massive help for myself, and I'd like to use that similar structure for us this afternoon. And that structure is, number one, the power of the words we speak the root of the words we speak, and the power to change the words we speak. I love this quote by Jodie Pickalett. She says, words are like eggs dropped from great heights. You can no more call them back than ignore the mess they leave when they fall. So words do damage, and we often can't take them back. And here are some of the ways Proverbs tells us that our tongue and the words we use have power to cause damage. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. In a word, you give the order. If you have the authority, you can have not just one person killed, but thousands. We see that in history. We see that in the world around us now. Take the case of suicide. Uh, When I was preparing this talk, I'd read that a 17-year-old girl had been charged after she'd convinced her 18-year-old boyfriend by text who had second thoughts on taking his own life to get back in a car full of carbon monoxide. So what is said can literally end a life. Words can do damage in other ways, emotionally, psychologically. Proverbs 15, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 12, 18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords. You know, you're pierced or slashed by a blade, you may not die, but it can still leave a very deep scar. One of the most vulnerable times in our life uh, is when we're children. You know, what's said to us that can shape who we become? We often remember some of the comments a teacher at school repeatedly said to us. You know, the words that parents or those who are close to us can settle deep within us And if they're destructive words, they can be extremely difficult to shake off when we're older, especially if they've come from people who we deeply admire. And that doesn't necessarily change when you're older. I remember a sergeant said to me on a job I was doing, 
why occasionally they do use negative words to their squaddies. It's to make a point, he said, to make them aware that they've made a mistake or that an attitude might be developing. But he also said how counterproductive and dangerous it can be. He said, calling them an idiot once is one thing, but if you continue to call them that whenever they make a mistake, they begin to believe it. But then even if you're you're someone who's quite mentally resilient to what might be unfairly verbally thrown at you at work, depending on what's specifically said, it can reshape or break whatever mental posture you currently had within moments, even if you're good at hiding it. Here's another one, Proverbs 18.28 says, A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. So the tongue and our words has the power to destroy community as well. So just the, they're just the, uh, three different ways that the words have power that can harm and destroy. And Proverbs has a lot more. But Proverbs also says that words have the power of life as well. Um, I don't know if there's a dentist here in the room. Uh, I was told this last week when I was preparing for this. Uh, a friend of mine said that she'd gone to the dentist and the dentist had told her that the mouth uh, is... Uh, one of the parts of the body that heals the quickest more than any other part of the body. Now, I don't know if that's true. It's an interesting thought. If that's true, come and tell me afterwards. Um, But the thing is, it got me thinking, because our words can heal as well. What we say to each other can really give life. And Proverbs 16, 24 says, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Sci-fi writer uh, Philip K. Dick, he says this, he says, there exists for everyone a sentence, a series of words that has the power to destroy you. Another sentence exists, another series of words that could heal you. If you're lucky, you'll get the second, but you can be certain of getting the first. And although we've looked at the damage words can do, Proverbs does give us instructions of the type of words that we can, can and need to give to one another as well. Words can bring life, words that can bring life. And here are five types of words that Proverbs gives us that we need to speak to others, but also we need to receive from others ourselves. Truthful and honest, kind and gentle, wise and apt, direct, courageous, and economical. Proverbs 12, 17 says, an honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. We need to hear the reality of the situation. And it's possible to say something which is technically true, but with a lot missing. This is still shielding the true reality of the situation. When we do that, we're deceiving. Number two and three, I'll take this together, gentleness and forthright direct speech. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 25.15 says, Through patience a ruler can be persuaded, and a gentle tongue can break a bone. Gentleness doesn't necessarily mean being sensitive or nice and agreeable. Gentleness can be quite contradictory, argumentative and direct. The difference is, is that harsh words inflict pain. They put down, maybe to scold. The issue is more the motivation on why and how it's said. To be gentle can mean to be persuasive, to be bone-breakingly clear. The aim is not to do someone pain. 
when it comes to being direct, forthright, and gentle, you need both. You can't have one without the other. If you just have direct, courageous, forthright speech and you give no thought behind the tone and how you say something, unintentional damage could be done. On the other hand, having a gentle and kind tone without being direct and forthright, it's easy not to be clear, as well as deceive not being fully honest. Number four, wise and appropriate words. Proverbs 25.11 says this, like apples of gold and settings of silver is a ruling rightly given. There is a sense with these proverbs that the wisdom in speech is the key here. Knowing the right timing of when to speak, how much you say. Like apples of gold and settings of silver, there's a craft to it. It's appropriate for the individual occasion in that moment. You know, maybe you have individuals at work you manage, and maybe you have a way of teaching, talking, instructing, advising them that you know is affected to them personally on a one-to-one. Because you know them. You know communicating to them in this way gets the best results out of them. And yet you may speak to another member of the team on a one-to-one in a different way because that way is more effective for them. It's worth bearing in mind that these points that have just been mentioned and the next point don't just apply to my verbal responses from my mouth. You know, we live in a time where social media and digital communication has a lot of space in what message we want to try and get across. Emails, texts, online messaging. Is what you write on Facebook appropriate? Am I wanting to just use this to vent my opinions regardless of any harm or offense it may do to others? Or even misunderstanding that I may lend myself to? Although sure, you, know, you might be able to take back certain words in certain contexts online, but you can still do just as much damage with them. But finally, words are economical, not impulsive. Proverbs 10, 19 says, sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Obviously, this comes back to having the right words for the right moment, but also the amount of words I use. The more words that I use, it's likely I'll be less clear in the message I'm communicating. The more I speak, the more likely I'll dig a hole for myself, try and justify myself, say the wrong thing and probably lie. I'm more likely to sin and it gives me a greater doorway to do harm to others. Now it's a helpful thing to do to look back and see how words may have been used and what effect they may have had with the hope that it may be a source of wisdom for change. And you probably know yourself, you're more careful with what you say because of the consequence that happens when you've spoken in the past. And change does happen to a degree in that way, but not to the extent that it needs to. Because the problem we're told isn't solved by just wisely watching the tongue and meditating on all these warnings off by heart. Even in the book of James it says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. But there is one verse in Proverbs that helps us out to the real core root and what needs to change Proverbs 16:23 says that actually what you say is a result and condition of the heart. Proverbs 16:23 the heart's 
of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction. In fact, it's not just Proverbs that says this. Jesus in Matthew 12, 33, pretty much says exactly the same thing. He says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Well, what's my heart full of? The issue is not with how well disciplined and thought through we are in how we speak and the words we use, though that's important and it counts. The core problem, we're told, is our heart and what's going on there. You know, what's, what's really driving that impulsion, that insecurity, that fear of why I need to get out what I feel I need to get out in that moment? My heart is full of something behind the word with an intent. Do I speak or not speak because I want your approval? Am I needing to be heard or will I do everything, everything to keep silent? Why? The hearts of the wise make their mouth prudent. Well, where's my heart going to take me? We speak words to ourselves. The world speaks words to us. And those words we speak and that the world speaks have the power to shape and mold our hearts. Therefore, what words are we going to listen to? What words are going to allow are we going to allow to influence the deepest parts of who we are? Jesus said to Satan when he was tempted in the desert that man will not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. But Jesus also says in John 6, 63, the words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. The words we need to hear first and foremost to take shape within the inner parts of our life are his. When we read what Jesus wrote, the apostles' teaching, all of scripture, they are more than just ancient, wise, moral, helpful sayings and stories helping us to live a life on a straight path. Those words, with the help of the Holy Spirit, have the power to utterly transform our hearts. But the fruit of the words we speak ultimately doesn't just come from what the eyes of our hearts are feeding on but also what they're fixed on. The overwhelming, immense love that God shows to us, Christ dying for mankind whilst we're still sinners, that we're saved by grace alone. Our hearts are to be fixed on Jesus. I'm sure you've probably been on the receiving end of this, and it's a really horrible response we're able to give someone. And that's the silent treatment. To deliberately give the silent treatment, to make a point and to affect the other person is not a pleasant experience. Sometimes far worse than hearing something harsh said back to you. But when Jesus was on the cross and he calls out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he gets no response. Well, that's the ultimate cosmic silent treatment that can be given. And he's the one that gets it. All for the purpose that we, me and you, could hear the words from God the Father that we are his children, sons and daughters of God, co-heirs with Christ. 
Let me end there and pray. Father, we bring this week before you and we ask that you may forgive us for the things that we may have said. Help us to take them to the cross. Help us also to forgive those words that have been said uh, to us that have hurt us. And that we ask as we go back to work today, Lord, that you uh, work in our hearts that we may be people who speak words of life to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.